0: All right, let's get this show started. Hey everybody, welcome to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. On this Monday, I'm happy to have this show for you. I have to tell you, this is probably going to be the best show I've ever done. I've been doing this podcast since January of 2020. I am excited about this show because we have got a lot to cover. I will try to cover everything. And I've also made a special announcement on this show that starting this week, I'm going back to five days a week. Because there's so much content going on, including all the local stuff in Columbus, that I don't want to miss anything. So, on this show, I'm going to talk about the coaching hires at USC and Florida. I'll get into detail about that. I'll recap Michigan, Ohio State, and the Iron Bowl. I will preview the SEC championship between Georgia and Alabama. I'll try to get into more detail this week. And then I will talk about the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons. Don't blow a lead. And they get the victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. But first, breaking news last night. I knew I was going to start this show with the home run hires, Lincoln Riley to USC and Billy Napier to Florida. The coaching carousels continue in college football. And let me tell you why these are home run hires. Lincoln Riley, great head coach at Oklahoma. I didn't think he was going to leave. Oklahoma is about to join the SEC, and they did lose to Oklahoma State in Bedlam, more than likely they'll probably go to the Sugar Bowl. They're out of the national championship consideration. It was the right time for Lincoln Riley. A couple of years ago, he was offered the job at the for the Dallas Cowboys. He turned down the LSU job. He was a candidate at one time to coach Florida. He is a young head coach. It just depends on who he brings on his staff. I'm not saying that Lincoln Riley is going to win right away at USC. Because he still has to play Notre Dame and Brian Kelly every year. If Mario Cristobal stays at Oregon, he's got to face Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. But this makes USC probably favorites in the Pac-12 South just about every year. They're not going to a bowl game this year. They play Cal this weekend. They're 4-7. and seven. Both teams are 4-7, and seven, so the bowl projections are already set. USC fired Clay Helton. Their most successful coach and this is the standard at USC, is Pete Carroll. Now, Pete Carroll led USC to two national championships and possibly a third if they didn't lose to Texas, if Lindell White was able to get a yard. USC is the gold standard. Can Lincoln Riley get USC back to where it was in the early 2000s? There's already a five-star quarterback that was going to commit to Oklahoma, who's going to decommit and transfer to USC. Lincoln Riley is a quarterback whisperer. If he gets the quarterback right, USC could at least win 10 games every year. Can Lincoln Riley win a national championship with USC? Well, if he can get USC back to where they were in the early 2000s, USC was going into Jordan-Hare and beating Auburn. USC was beating Arkansas on the road. They will schedule whoever they want, and they have beaten them. There's also... A lot of four- and five-star recruits in the state of California. But you also have to compete with Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly got UCLA to an 8-4 and four record this year. It looks like he is giving UCLA what they need in the right direction. Stanford is on the decline. Cal is on the decline. So how is there's really no other college team in California that Lincoln Riley has to compete with, with the exception of UCLA. But That's really Schematics, Chip Kelly. That is going to be such a great rivalry. And I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to the Pac-12. And college football is back in California. Just imagine when I was living in California before the year 2005. And I did watch USC. They were the most dominant team in college football. But Stanford was not very good. Cal was decent in 2004 with Aaron Rodgers. I still feel that Cal should have went to the Rose Bowl that year. But that's neither here or there. And now... USC finally has their guy. Now, on to Florida, where they just hired Louisiana head coach Billy Napier, another young and up and coming coach. He hasn't been proven just yet. Yes, there's talks that he hasn't recruited any four-star or five-star recruits, but he has led Louisiana to a conference title. They're about to play in the conference title game this year for the Sun Belt. His only loss this year was to Texas in the beginning of the season. Louisiana has done a great job, and Billy Napier is a Nick Saban disciple. Can he get Florida Back to where they were. Because now the expectations for these major college football programs is that they're a top-five program and a top-five recruiting class. Can Billy Napier recruit? Because we know that Dan Mullen can coach. He was a great play caller. He just couldn't recruit. He had one bad season. So athletic director and the program at Florida, will they be forgiving if Billy Napier does not win the SEC East? And if he only gets to 8-4, and four, is that good enough at Florida? It wasn't good enough for Dan Mullen, and they had a 6-6 six and six season. He got fired before they were able to play Florida State. Neither here or there. Florida is going to a bowl game this year. By the way, congratulations to the SEC for getting 13 bowl eligible. And I will get later into the possible bowl projections. And that's why I'm going back to five days a week. I have so much content I really want to get into, and there's just too much to talk about. So, all week, I'm going to be previewing the SEC championship. Let's get right into the college football games that happened over the weekend. Starting with Michigan and Ohio State, Jim Harbaugh finally does it. After eight tries, he beats Ohio State at the big house, and Michigan did it with their running back. Four touchdowns, and Michigan punches their way to the Big Ten title game against Iowa this weekend after a 42-27 to victory over Ohio State. Ohio State is great. After drubbing Michigan State last week, I actually thought Ohio State was the best team in college football that can possibly beat Georgia in the national title game. C.J. Stroud looks like the favorite to win the Heisman. Michigan in the big house. Did what they had to do, and Jim Harbaugh gets the victory. Hassan Haskins with four touchdowns. He had an incredible day. 28 carries, 169 yards, and five touchdowns. Hassan Haskins led the way. That's what Michigan did is they ran the football. That's what they were supposed to do. They made C.J. Stroud uncomfortable with their pass rush, and they finally get the job done. Congratulations to Jim Harbaugh. I've always been a Jim Harbaugh fan. I loved him when he coached the 49ers from 2011 to 2014, and he's right where he needs to be. Michigan is a good program. Now on to the Iron Bowl because, as you know, I live in Columbus, Georgia. This podcast is really dedicated to the Chattahoochee Valley, and so we're right on the border, Phoenix City, Opelika, that area, where I have friends on both sides of the Iron Bowl, Alabama and Auburn. Before going into this game, Auburn 6-5, Alabama 10-1. You can throw out the records when it comes to the Iron Bowl. A lot of crazy things have happened in previous Iron Bowls. Auburn gets their heart broken this time. Alabama gets the four-overtime victory, 24-22. Auburn had this game won, folks. After stopping Alabama on that fourth down, Auburn has to run the football three times, and they kick it back to Alabama. Alabama would have only 30 seconds left to go. But Tank Bigsby gets thrown out of bounds. Alabama's able to save some clock. Even though Auburn punted all the way to the three-yard line, Bryce Young marches Alabama all the way with the game-tying touchdown. It was 10-10, and then it goes into overtime. And I really don't like these overtime rules after the third overtime where you just converting two-point conversions. That's neither here or there. Alabama does get the victory, but this is a very flawed Alabama team. This is not the team that has been dominant every year. And Nick Saban could tell you that, that this team is not the same Alabama team, but his coaching philosophy has evolved. He's really just telling his players just to have fun. They really have nothing to lose. They are a a six-and-a-half-point underdog to Georgia in the title game, but I still think Alabama has what it takes to beat Georgia because they can play loose, they can just play fun, and Nick Saban has learned to let his players play. I know there's a lot of pressure on Bryce Young because the last three quarterbacks at Alabama are now doing very well in the NFL. But hats off to Bryce Young. I think he's back into the consideration for the Heisman Trophy after that drive that he pulled off with a tie tying the game at the end of regulation, Bryce Young did not have a very good game all game. Jameson Williams was ejected over out of a, Jameson Williams was ejected because of a targeting penalty and Brian Robinson Jr has been was injured in the game, so Trey Sanders was the running back. Alabama had no answer in the run game and Auburn's defense was giving Bryce Young problems, but Bryce Young was able to get the job done in regulation to tie it and in overtime. Brian Harson's first year as the Auburn head coach, he's now 6-6, six and six, and Auburn has blown a double-digit lead in their last three games. They started off pretty good. Bo Nix got hurt, and then T.J. Finley comes in relief. By the way, hats off to Auburn because they really fought and had the game of their lives against Alabama. And I feel bad for Auburn fans because now they suffer the heartbreak that Alabama did back in 2013 with the kick six. But this rivalry is great. I love it. They finally have an Iron Bowl that went into overtime. They actually went into four overtimes if you want to get technical. And I have friends on both sides of this rivalry, and it has been a great rivalry. We hyped it up, even though the records do not indicate the talent level of Auburn and what they are capable of, because they gave Alabama a fight because Alabama barely beat a 6-5 and five team. Alabama drops in the rankings. And now they are a six and a half point underdog to Georgia in the SEC championship. I will preview the SEC championship all week. It will be this weekend in Atlanta. There is so much to go over when it comes to Georgia and Alabama. Georgia is having a historical year. They drubbed Georgia Tech 45 to nothing. The story was that that was a home game for Georgia. If you look at the crowd at Bobby Dodd, it was 80% Georgia fans. There were people in the stands that were panning the cameras on the entire crowd. You could practically see a sea of red 80% in the stadium. Georgia Tech had no answer for Georgia. Georgia Tech has their third straight season where they only won three games. Jeff Collins goes ahead and fires assistants. He's going to be back for another year. But if he's the right guy, he's had three years to recruit his guys. Georgia Tech is long away from the triple option that Paul Johnson ran. Georgia Tech has got to get this right. Jeff Collins has got to get to a bowl game, otherwise he's gone. He's going to enter his fourth year. In 2022, he's entering his fourth year. ACC Coastal, he's got to compete for an ACC Coastal title, otherwise he's out of a job. Because the expectations of Georgia Tech is not to win the ACC every year. It's to win seven and eight games and get to a bowl game. And they have failed to do that with Jeff Collins. Hats off to Georgia. A perfect 12-0 season for the first time since 1982. Kirby Smart has got his players believing they can win a national championship. And now we can talk about the college football rankings because with Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma, they jump up to 5 in the rankings. Cincinnati beats East Carolina. They are undefeated at 12-0. They jump to number 2 in the AP poll. They're more than likely going to be number three in the college football rankings. So, this is how I think the college football rankings are going to go Georgia's going to be number one. Michigan's going to be number two after beating number two, Ohio State. Cincinnati is going to be number three. Alabama is going to be number four. Oklahoma State's going to be number five. Now, this is very important because if all the favorites win this weekend, you're going to have Georgia number one, Michigan number two, Cincinnati number three, and Oklahoma State is going to jump. Alabama who will already have two losses. So your national semifinal games would be projected Georgia versus Oklahoma State and Michigan and Cincinnati. Now here's a scenario that could possibly happen would drive me crazy because there is chaos that could possibly happen. What happens if Iowa beats Michigan? Or what happens if Baylor beats Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game? Or what if Cincinnati loses to Houston in the American title game? That opens up the door for Notre Dame. That opens up the door for a two loss Alabama. What happens if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, which is possible because Georgia hasn't been tested all year? Bryce Young is going to be the best quarterback that Georgia will have faced this year. If Alabama beats Georgia, and let's say everybody else wins, Alabama jumps up to number one. Number two is going to be Michigan. Now, it's going to be very important where. Georgia falls, because they will have one loss. Does Georgia fall all the way to number 4, and then Alabama has to face Georgia again? Or does Georgia fall all the way to number 3? And then Alabama would more than likely face Cincinnati in the semifinal game. All I know is, this is not the most talented team that Nick Saban has had for the Crimson Tide. But if Alabama was to win a national championship, you would have to say Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time. If this happens, I strongly feel Alabama's going to have to beat Georgia twice, which is really unheard of. I've never seen a team beat another team twice within a month's span. You go back to 2011, LSU beats Alabama 9 to 6, that game of the century. That was a crazy game. Alabama's defense was the most dominant defense up to that point. And LSU as well. LSU was number one, Alabama, number two. They face each other in the BCS national title game, and Alabama beats them 21 0. Rematch games usually go the favor of the team that lost because they make adjustments. That's neither here nor there. I got plenty of time this week to preview this SEC championship. You don't want to miss it. This is going to be a great week of talking sports. And that's why I'm going to five days a week. Just for this week, though. So, going back to college football. Because Georgia State was able to beat Troy. They're probably going to be in the Cure Bowl or the New Orleans Bowl. They're going to get a good bowl game. 7-5 season. Georgia Southern. They lost again. They only have three wins. Okay, I'll give you that. Clemson beat South Carolina. Clemson's not going to the ACC title game. But they'll get a bowl game. They finish strong. They could possibly get 10 wins, which would be a good season for him. So the local teams in Georgia, Kennesaw State, they hosted the FCS playoff game against Davidson. No problem for the Kennesaw State Owls, who continue their dominance when it comes to FCS playoff games. They get the victory 48-21 to over Davidson, and they will take on East Tennessee State next week. Over in NCAA Division II, West Georgia lost to Valdosta State. So Valdosta State is a team from the state of Georgia that is still in this thing. Remember a couple years ago, they won it. The Blazers had no problem over West Georgia, beating them 66-35. to And then Valdosta State will take on Bowie State next week in the quarterfinal. Also, this weekend was a very busy weekend for high school football in the Chattahoochee Valley. Carver had no problem over Doherty. Now, for the first time since 2010, Carver is in the semifinals, and they will host a semifinal game next week at A.J. McClung Stadium against Cedartown. Of course, you all know Central, out of Phoenix City, will travel up to Birmingham to take on Thompson for the state title in 7A for Alabama this Wednesday. I will preview this game on Wednesday morning show. We also had Callaway getting a road victory over South Atlanta at Lakewood Stadium up in Atlanta. Now they will travel in the semifinal contest to take on Thomasville. Thomasville had a very good game against Raven County. The talented recruit that's going to play at Georgia, the five-star quarterback Gunnar Stockton, he falls short to Thomasville. Now the semifinals are set, and Callaway is back in the semifinals. That game will be at Thomasville. Manchester season comes to an abrupt end. They lose to Wilcox County. So the teams in the Chattahoochee Valley that remain are Central, Carver, and Callaway. I will get into these games. I'm excited about this weekend of high school football. It's still going on. We have college basketball. We have high school basketball. We have Columbus State basketball. Congratulations to the Columbus Cougars for getting the victory over West Georgia. They are now 5-1 and one on the season. The Lady Cougars had a tournament down in Valdosta, and they dropped two games there. So they are now 5-2 and two on the season. Looking at who they take on next The Columbus State Cougars this Friday will have a game at the Lumpkin Center against Tuskegee University. And, of course, the voice of your Columbus State Cougars, Scotty Miller, will have the action on 88.3, or you can watch the game on Cougar Sports TV, or you can come out to the game. I know that's going to be a very busy Friday. Hopefully, you can make the action out there. And good luck to the Cougars and Lady Cougars this season. The Columbus River Dragons took one on the chin as they traveled up to Watertown and they lost a game to the Watertown Wolves 9 to nothing. That was tough for them as Watertown gets the sweep, but Columbus will be in action this Thursday against the Port Huron Prowlers. So Columbus's next home game is not until Friday, December the 17th, where they will take on the Carolina Thunderbirds. We are Almost in the month of December, which we have the Columbus Rapids that will have their home opener December the 30th. I cannot wait for the Columbus Rapids men and women's indoor soccer to kick off this month. It is going to be an awesome time in the Chattahoochee Valley for all these local teams. Now let's move on to the National Football League. The Atlanta Falcons, I tweeted, after they were up 21-3 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can we not blow this game? I'd like to see the Falcons actually finish a game for once. Okay, Trevor Lawrence did come back and made it interesting. 21-14, he gets the ball back. Falcons fans, just as nervous as I was, he got the ball back, but the Falcons' defense was able to stop him. He's still a young quarterback that's trying to learn. The Falcons get the victory, and they are... On the outskirts in playoff contention. They are now 5-6. and six. They will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week at home. Falcons fans, you better pack that stadium. Because if you let Tom Brady beat you in your own home, there's a reason why Tampa Bay is a 10-point favorite. But if the Falcons want to get into consideration for the playoffs, they have to win this game. Because the defense for Tampa Bay is vulnerable. Their cornerbacks are not very strong. I hope Calvin Ridley comes back. I mean, I wish him well, but they need some more weapons. And Calvin Ridley is a weapon. Because what are you going to do? Blanket Kyle Pitts? Their defense is actually decent with their linebackers. They could just stop Kyle Pitts and shut him down. But it is getting very interesting in the National Football League because the big game, the Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Rams, Packers get the victory 36-28. to and the Rams are 0-3 since acquiring OBJ and Vaughn Miller. I've said on this show that superstars do not equal wins. The Rams are just shooting themselves in the foot. They're looking at being a 5-seed and going on the road in the playoffs. They were all in for reaching the Super Bowl. They upgraded their quarterback to Matthew Stafford. He still struggles against winning teams. So with that being said, the Arizona Cardinals are going to run away with this division. The Rams are only a game above the 49ers who have a tiebreaker over the Rams. They play each other the final week of the season. But that was such an incredible game between the Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, both talented teams, Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo, have been playing lights out this year. The 49ers get the victory 34-26, to and Elijah Mitchell... Is starting to become a superstar. 27 carries, 133 yards, and a touchdown. He is a rookie. The Niners got him in the sixth round, and he is starting to become their featured back. Yes, he's playing in place of Raheem Mostert. When Raheem Mostert comes back next year, they're probably going to be number one and number two tandem for the Niners. Debo Samuel left this game with a groin injury. Hopefully, It's not as serious. Debo Samuel becomes the first 49ers wide receiver to have a 1,000 receiving yards since Anquan Bolden did it in 2014. He's on pace to become the next Pro Bowl wide receiver. The 49ers haven't had one since Terrell Owens in 2003. But the Niners did what they're supposed to do. After getting a big lead, the Al Shire interception and taking the lead 28-14, Debo Samuel has two rushing touchdowns. Elijah Mitchell had a rushing touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo threw a pick in the beginning, but the Niners were able to hold off Kirk Cousins. Their defense stops Kirk Cousins twice on fourth down and now they are 6 and 5. They are currently the number 6 seed if the regular season were to end today. For that final playoff spot in the NFC, you got Minnesota at 5 and 6, New Orleans at 5 and 6, Atlanta at 5 and 6 and Carolina at 5 and 7. The Eagles are at 5 and 7, so they are just trying to get that final playoff spot and don't look now. But on December 19th, when the Falcons play the 49ers, which is a very big game for me because I live in Georgia and I'm a 49ers fan, that could be for the final playoff spot. The 49ers have really positioned themselves at 6-5. and five. They take on the struggling Seattle Seahawks next week, and then it's on to Cincinnati. To take on a Cincinnati Bengals team, that looks like a playoff contender. If you look over in the AFC, the Patriots had no problem with the Tennessee Titans. And now the Patriots own the tiebreaker over the Titans. Both teams are 8-4. The Baltimore Ravens are 8-3 after beating the Cleveland Browns despite some interceptions from Lamar Jackson. But their defense was able to carry the Baltimore Ravens to the victory. And now are the Ravens the favorites to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? You have teams that are juggling for position in the the AFC. I still think the Kansas City Chiefs are back. They're taking on the Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football next week. The Broncos got a big victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. You had Tampa Bay. Tom Brady leads the Buccaneers back against the Indianapolis Colts, 38-31. Leonard Fournette had four touchdowns. I am so glad to have him on my fantasy team. I was able to win that game. All right, the Miami Dolphins beat the Carolina Panthers, 33-10. Cam Newton gets benched, all this hype about Cam Newton coming back, and they won a game after beating the Arizona Cardinals, and then the Carolina Panthers lost two straight. I feel like the flame for Cam Newton has has died out. So you have the Steelers losing to the Bengals 41-10, to you have the Giants beating the Eagles 13-7, to the Jets get their third victories, welcome back Zach Wilson, they beat the Texans 21-14, of course. The Denver Broncos beating the Chargers 28-13. So looking at the standings in the NFL, right now the best team in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens at 8-3. 5-1 at home. They've been dominant. But how about the New England Patriots, 8-4? Bill Belichick has got to be Coach of the Year. Mac Jones is going to probably get Offensive Rookie of the Year. And the Patriots are now contenders to reach the Super Bowl. How crazy would it be? If Belichick faces Brady in the Super Bowl, this is a possibility. I know the Belichick and Brady haters do not want to hear this, but this is a possibility. Two great Hall of Fame coach player in their prime that won all those Super Bowls together. You separate them, they're both still great. That is amazing. The Buffalo Bills, they are favorite next week on Monday night against New England. Buffalo, back on track after beating the Saints on Thanksgiving, they have extra couple days to prepare. They're seven and four. Don't count them out. I still think that they are a contender in the AFC. If you look at the NFC, the number one seed is the Arizona Cardinals at nine and two. Green Bay would be the number two seed. Green Bay owns the tiebreaker over the Cardinals, so if they both have identical records, Green Bay would get home field advantage. Folks, if Green Bay gets the number one seed and they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs it's pretty much a done deal they're going to go to the Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers, this is his year. They reach the NFC title game two straight years. If Aaron Rodgers has home field advantage, and even if they're playing a team like the Buccaneers who are not as good as they were last year, or if they're playing the Dallas Cowboys or the Rams or even the San Francisco 49ers, which I think they are a dangerous team in the playoffs, I think Green Bay can finally get over the hump and reach the Super Bowl, but that is a possibility. Tampa Bay at 8-3. and three. They would be the number three seed. So your division winners look pretty good, even though Dallas has struggled a little bit losing three of their last four, seven and four, and they have a sizable lead over the Philadelphia Eagles, who are five and seven. They have a two and a half game lead over the Eagles. So the Cowboys would be winning that division and hosting a playoff game, which they would take on the number five seed. Right now would be the Rams, could be the 49ers. I cannot wait. If that's a possibility that the 49ers could play the Cowboys in the playoffs, sign me up. And I really wouldn't care if the Niners win or lose because I wanted to see the Cowboys and the 49ers in the playoffs ever since they stopped playing each other in the playoffs every year in the 90s. It would just be a great nostalgia trip for me as well. So I have no idea who is going to represent the Super Bowl. I have no idea who's going to be in the Super Bowl. I know I said the Cowboys and the Patriots – Maybe the Packers and the Ravens. It is really up in the air. I know that there are still people out there that are hopeful that Aaron Rodgers takes on Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl once again. But as a San Francisco 49ers fan, I am optimistic that they got their swagger back. That Jimmy Garoppolo has redeemed himself and he is a great quarterback. And they are a dangerous football team. Especially with their run game and George Kittle and the passing game. They got Brandon Ayuk back into the passing game and Debo Samuel, so that's a possibility too. But at 6-5, and five, I still think they have a pretty easy schedule as well. The NFL is just great. I know we got a Monday night football game tonight. The Seattle Seahawks taking on the Washington football team in Washington. This is one of those games where Russell Wilson is going to have to step up and make plays because Seattle has been left for dead at 3-7 and seven this year. Moving on to the National Basketball Association, where the Golden State Warriors continue winning 18-2 after beating the Los Angeles Clippers in L.A., 105-90. to Steph Curry had 33 points, and they are the best team in the NBA. And I would not be surprised if the Golden State Warriors win an NBA title. Also had the Los Angeles Lakers that were able to beat the Pistons 110-106. to LeBron had 33, and the Detroit Pistons are one of the worst teams in the NBA. The Lakers are 11-11. and 11. They're not beating the dominant team, so... This is really not a speculation on how well the Lakers are doing. Locally here in Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks snap a six-game winning streak by losing to the Knicks over the weekend, 99-90. It was nice to see Hawks have a sellout crowd to take on the New York Knicks, who are a very good team. Evan Fournier and Alec Burks just pushed the Hawks in that third quarter. Trey Young did have 33 points. Hawks are 11-10 on the season. And then they will take on the Indiana Pacers this Wednesday night in Indiana. One thing Chris Duarte for the Indiana Pacers looks like one of the top rookies in the NBA. If you look at the rookies in the NBA right now, Evan Mobley for the Cavaliers, you have Scotty Barnes for the Raptors, Chris Duarte for the Pacers, Cade Cunningham is starting To show signs that he was selected the number one pick in the NBA draft. We just have a lot of sports going on right now. This is a very good time to talk sports. We have the Major League Soccer playoffs. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Union. advance after beating Nashville SC 2 mil on penalty kicks. And then we have the New England Revolution that's going to be taking on NYCFC this Tuesday. So that is it. We did have a lot to cover. College basketball over the weekend was crazy. We had Gonzaga fall to Duke. They are ranked number five as Coach K's farewell tour. Don't be surprised if the Duke Blue Devils win the NCAA title because they are for real. We had Georgia Tech defeat Georgia in basketball. Georgia's really struggling. In basketball, I thought they hired Tom Crean to actually recruit. They got Anthony Edwards there. They're losing recruits and they are struggling. Maybe Tom Crean is not the right hire for Georgia because Georgia basketball is struggling. Georgia Tech, on the other hand, looking pretty good in basketball, trying to repeat their trip to the dance last year while they got hot toward the end of the season. We got the Big 10 ACC challenge going on right now. It's going to be all week. Georgia Tech 5 and 1 on the season. They will take on Wisconsin this Wednesday. Wisconsin is also 5 and 1. The Yellow Jackets trying to get back They've won five straight after losing to Miami of Ohio to start the season, but they're able to get victories when it counted. Now, Georgia, right now, losing to Wofford. They will take on Memphis this Wednesday. Memphis is ranked ninth in the country. Georgia is 2-5 and five on the season, so not off to a great start for the Georgia Bulldogs as the majority of the teams in the SEC only have one loss. LSU, Arkansas, Florida still undefeated, and Georgia has the worst overall record in the SEC at 2-5. Not looking good for the Georgia Bulldogs. Before I close the show, I just want to say thank you to everybody that has supported this podcast. So I've actually gone through a lot. What makes me stronger when I do this podcast is that I do this podcast with a chip on my shoulder. Uh, One time a producer on a radio station that I was actually a guest on said that I needed to bring more energy. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring the energy. But I do listen to a lot of other podcasts. There are some inspirations that I actually want to give credit to. So a lot of what I do on this show, I have to give credit to sports personalities like Colin Cowherd, nationally known. He has hot sports takes. He is one of the best. Paul Feinbaum, as far as college football, it doesn't get any better than Paul Feinbaum. His personality is he's more down-to-earth. But he allows the callers just to be crazy. And they have some of the craziest callers that call the Paul Feinbaum Show. But I want to give props to another local personality that grew up in Columbus. He was a big star in Columbus as a sports anchor at WLTZ. And he was also on 9570 ESPN Radio in Columbus. Josh Pate. I've been listening to him, and this is a rising star. Let me tell you something. When it comes to college football, he is the subject matter expert. So I get my inspiration from Josh Pate, local guy from Columbus. He's now up at Nashville doing a podcast called Late kick with josh pate that's on three days a week i highly recommend this podcast when it comes to knowledge of college football he's up in nashville put a great job and i'm starting to listen to him and he's starting to become my favorite voice when it comes to college football he's not well known yet but he will be he is a rising star and that is somebody that i highly recommend when it comes to listening to get your information when it comes to college football. Very knowledgeable sportscaster. And a local guy to Columbus, so I want to give him props. I've been trying to market to the Columbus area all those sports personalities in Columbus that I'm trying to market with, and maybe one day we can do a show together. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners that have downloaded and subscribed to my podcast. You know, our audience is just growing. It's growing every day, and it really comes to your support. I really thank you, the listener that has downloaded my podcast. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show. Yes, I will have a show tomorrow because this week, as we get ready for all the championship games this week, including the SEC title game, I will have a show five days a week this week. Now, I may go back to three days a week next week and the week after that, but we do have a lot of bowl games this holiday season, so I might have some special shows every now and then. But I will have a show tomorrow. We're going to get into more depth of this SEC championship between Georgia and Alabama, so stay tuned for that. I hope that everybody has a wonderful day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found.